Go on then. What are we watching? Oh, what about... Uh... In the... Uh, with Sky Stream. The new way to get Sky without a dish. Stream unmissable Sky exclusives like True Detective and Netflix shows like The Gentleman all in one place. For just €25 a month for 12 months. Search Sky Stream today. New customers only. 12-month minimum term. Requires broadband. Further terms apply. Shachtan and Indo Askeliga. Time in mon iruchti yen of chacht erachor. Agus suligam a makan sha gurfeder erachor in uik kiart len of winter fame. Skilti fis turmi. Pashe dochrecha nach vetoch ara igornamyan on kestchen ekol. Vien talam aginam griv orkar nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. This is an Irish independent podcast. It was a brilliant, brilliant second half performance. And for, for me, Dublin probably lost that game in the first half when Kerry were very, very direct uh, and our forwards. John O'Shea, Clifford were on fire, um, and, and, and Dublin defence just couldn't cope with them. So, but listen, an all-time classic game, a tough one for Dublin to take. But swings and roundabouts, isn't it? They've had the they've, they've, they've won it by the small margins in recent years as well. You know, they won the roster title. Huge credit to them. But I would say, don't be coming back next year with that because it's not, and you certainly won't get the, the benefit of the doubt that you got from everybody this year. Their goalkeeper had more shots on goal in the second half than any other forwards. Now, don't tell me that that's Gaelic football. Hello and welcome to the Throw and Independent.ie's GA podcast. I'm Will Sattery, delighted to be joined, as always, by Michael Verney. In just a few minutes, we'll be joined by Dick Clerken and Kieran Whelan to look back on a very exciting weekend of All-Ireland football semi-final action, as well as the Talchon Cup final. But first, Michael, Dublin carry a Crow Park doesn't get much bigger uh, than that. You know, it was some spectacle yesterday. You'd watch it every day of the week, will you? Will wouldn't you? And twice on Sunday, um, just so entertaining. So many different things going on all over the pitch, and various shenanigans at different times of the game, and players going down when it didn't look like there was that there was particularly anything wrong with them, and the game was getting edgy and feisty, and it just came down to you know a moment of absolute brilliance by Sean O'Shea after playing you know probably the guts of about eighty minutes. To have the coolness that he that he that he showed to be able to stroke over that free and it was probably another ten or fifteen yards on it and draw the way he drew it in like a golfer into that swirling breeze into the hill was uh, was a fitting finale to an absolute classic. Were you surprised that it wasn't sold out? You know, a Dublin Kerry traditionally would be the marquee game in, in the football championship. Seventy three thousand yesterday, I think it was just under seventy on Saturday for the for the double header. Um, yeah, were you surprised? Yeah, if ever a game, um, you know, I know there was um, Kilkenny played New York in the, you know, the curtain raiser. But if ever, you know, two teams were going to sell out Crow Park in the semi-final, you would have thought it would have been Kerry and Dublin. So I was somewhat surprised, but I suppose partially to do with, uh, you know, there was a big Kerry support there. But just the, the monstrous costs involved uh, with coming up to Crow Park from there. And, you know, you're looking at nearly a week's wages probably 
get up and down, get your food, um, your traveling expenses and your match ticket. So I suppose that can probably take into account as well, but probably a bit of surprise there. I probably I would have thought it would have been at least up around the 80,000 mark, definitely. But I'm sure they'll all be there on, on the 24th of July. Yeah, it's going to be a very intriguing final between Kerry and Galway. And we're delighted now to be joined by Dick Clerken and Kieran Whelan to go over all the weekend's action. And Kieran, we have to start with, with yesterday's game. Kerry finally getting over the line against Dublin for the first time since 2009. They've played a lot of great games over the last 10 years or so. Where does this one rank for you? Oh, uh, yeah, it's, it's up there. Uh, well, it, it's a classic. You know, it's up there with 2013, really, in my view. Um, what, what a game. You know, both teams went right at it, uh, right from the off, and and both played with bravery and attacked on the front foot, uh, and it led to a, a brilliant, brilliant spectacle. Um, I think you have to you have to hand it to Sean O'Shea. What a wonderful kick! You know, I think you know when he went when free was given, you're thinking, yeah, this is a probably a 50-50 chance. It's outside the forty-five. There's a there was a there was a nasty enough wind blown across that hill sixteen goal and. Um, an incredible, incredible kick. The way he started it outside on the right hand side and swung it back in, and um, you know, listen from a Dublin perspective, I said it yesterday. I, I thought they were they were they were absolutely brilliant. You know, at those times when I felt the game was nearly going away from Dublin, um, you know, they did go six points down, and Kerry had that chance with Stephen O'Brien when he picked up the ball, and you you just felt you know. Even the penalty, if the penalty had gone in, you know, where would that have left Dublin? It might have left them a mountain too big to climb. But I thought their second half performance was was immense. And 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 the big players, the James McCarthy's, the Kieran Kilkenny's, you know, Costello's goal, you know, Mick Fitzsimons, even after having a difficult first half, really came into it. And, you know, it I suppose it was a brilliant, brilliant second half performance. And for, for me, Dublin probably lost that game in the first half when Kerry were very, very direct uh, and our forwards, Sean O'Shea and Clifford were on fire um, and, and and Dublin defence just couldn't cope with them. So, but listen, an all-time classic game, a tough one for Dublin to take, but swings and roundabouts, isn't it? They've had the, they've, they've, they've won it by the small margins in recent years as well, you know? Yeah, and as has been pointed out, the Dublin Kerry kind of recent errors kicked off by Stephen Cluxon's late free, so maybe it's fitting that Kerry had a, a late free to maybe get their first win in quite a while. Dick, what's your assessment of why the game unfolded the way it did? As Kieran mentioned, there carried a six-point lead early in the second half. They looked to be in total control, and then all of a sudden, you know, fast forward twenty odd minutes, and the game was right in the melting pot. What 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 kind of happened in that second period to reignite the game as a, as a spectacle? Well, I think the Kerry. <sighs> You know, you can see how they've sort of very much changed their, their style of play in terms of the, they're very much set out and keep, keeping a structure at the back and keeping it safe. Like they never really broke out and, and emptied the defence pouring forward. So they were, they were always very conservative. But even I noticed a lot of the time yesterday, which I, I, I was David Clifford was very deep. Like even and I'd watched them during the league, they were playing tight at the back, but, but he was... He was still a point of attack. So at times, like it was, it was fifteen men behind the ball on both sides, which was, you know, very unlike both teams. You know, Dublin probably more so, but Kerry, I just thought, I just thought that was strange. So, so it left them that they were, they were never really the they, they really could have put ten points on Dublin in that first half if they really had went for it and kept men up. Like, and there was there was a couple of times then Clifford was on his own up front, but but Kerry had got into this mindset of throwing the ball around and not looking up early ball enough. Which, which I don't like from Kerry because, you know, they should be just, because like, it started so well. When you think David Moran's first two long kicks in, you know, the quality of those scores in the past, is you're like, oh, here we go, just sit back and enjoy this this football. And then they sort of, 
for, for the most part of the game, they, they didn't kick it long. They were a wee bit caught. And that just then allowed Dublin, when the opportunities presented themselves, to get back into a game that, that really they probably shouldn't have got back into. Um, and, and they hung on. Like I was just, I was, we were in the Davin stand looking out at it, and I was saying to Dad that 10 minutes ago, I says, if I had to, if I had to put money on anybody here, it'd be Dublin because there was a strong breeze. They had the wind in their sails. Kerry looked to be tightened up. Clifford looked to be either fatigued. He, he, had, he, had, he, had, he had sort of he had, he had lost his range. And you just wondered where are these boys going to get the scores. But at the same time, it was Kerry's discipline and shape and defence probably kept them in the game yesterday when Dublin were coming at them so strong. They turned them over. They put them under pressure. They made them kick wide, the likes of Scully's wide. Um, and, and, and they got turned over a few times, even Kilkenny. And that probably just eked them enough to get them to the, the match-winning score that, that O'Shea nailed. But um, I'd say Kerry now, Jesus, if they'd have lost that, like whatever about 2019 and other games, they would be sick because, like as I say, they were easily the better team for 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 large parts, but they let Dublin back into it by being a bit too conservative, especially in that first half with the breeze at their back. It's funny, as much as we talk about Sean O'Shea and David Clifford, it was the defence that won the day. Some of the turnovers, like until 10 minutes to go really before Kieran Kilkenny got a bit of space to operate, um, and Dublin probably were authors of their own downfall a couple of times. A few sloppy solos that just went up in the air. Remember uh, Sean McMahon taking a ball down the Hogan stand side into a bit of a blind alley. Tom Lehiff did the same. But Kerry's defence was so solid, so tight. The amount of times they were getting in swarm tackling. I remember it happened John Small as well where he slipped and he was just swallowed up. And uh, that's what made Cormac Costello's goal so impressive. It was about... It was half a yard from to strike into, and he struck it beautifully into that corner. And just on a point that, that Kieran made as well, the dubs went down, but by Jesus, they went down fighting. They, like they made Kerry win the game. Um, and I suppose from a Kerry point of view, Kerry probably fell over the line in, in, in some respects. But um, I had Dublin just really pushed him to the pinner of collar in the second half, and you could see the the release after from the Kerry players. Um, they haven't won an All Ireland yet. That's the only caveat, and there's only two weeks to the final. But you'd imagine they get a, a massive spring from this. But I'd have to say, from a Dublin point of view as well, they're they're far they're far from finished, and we've got like it's been talked about regularly. They're missing probably the best player in the country. Outside of David Clifford, Conor Callan is the best player in the country, and Dublin pushed Kerry that close. So to me, the Dubs lost nothing in defeat. I think what was interesting, uh, Michael, I, I thought after at the sixty-minute mark, Kerry were three points up, and and while they while they did force some great turnovers, they sat back. You know, they can they conceded the kick out, you know, and they nearly invited Dublin onto them, and Dublin were really pressed them high up the field. And 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 they tried to defend the lead, which and it nearly it nearly caught them badly, you know, because they weren't. Dick said David Clifford was very isolated on his own. He was fatigued at that point. They weren't creating a lot going forward, you know. Dermot, Dermot O'Connor got in and, and dropped one short, 
And it looked like they were, the pressure was really getting to them in that last 10 minutes, you know, and I, I have to say from my perspective, because I, I thought, I did thought the game was gone at one, at one point, but when it got to that last 10 minutes, I was thinking if Dublin go ahead here, if they go ahead, if they manage to get ahead by a point, you know, they, they, they could nick it. And uh, then obviously the, it was a sloppy enough free for Sean O'Shea to get that free. Like that, that was all they got the last 10 minutes was the two frees yeah. really, you know what I mean? And, and, but, and, and the irony of, you know, Kerry's all-round game plan, which was quite conservative, lot, a lot more through the hands than you'd like to see. The last two points, again, they came from kick passes. Darren Minor was going to be closed down in the middle. Remember, though, he, he was he just found himself isolated in the middle. You could sense the Dublin players were closing on, and he almost like, threw a leg at it. He, he, he gave yeah. a kick pass. It looked so out of place with how Kerry had been playing, but next thing, it dropped in perfectly to Sean O'Shea, and he got the yeah. three. And then Paul Murphy's uh, kick pass then into into Clifford. So it just shows you, you know, with yeah. all the that you know, the opportunities that come from from letting the ball in early. And we've seen that quite a few times this year that the pivotal scores have come from a bit more direct style of play. Michael, going into the game and going into the season, there was a lot of question marks about Kerry's ability to kind of come out on the right side of a battle or of a, of a tight encounter. And although they did that as you all mentioned, given that they kind of fell over the line and that they did let their lead slip, do those question marks remain for you? Or does getting the monkey off the back, beating Dublin, does that kind of put that to bed? What, what are your kind of thoughts on that narrative? You're not sure if it totally puts it to bed. I'd say they survived a battle more, more than anything else. I don't know if they passed it necessarily with, with flying colours, but I'd imagine they do have that Dublin monkey off their back now. The only thing, as I said earlier, they haven't won on Ireland yet. They still have uh, a massive task ahead of them. Um, and I'd imagine it would be a different type of a game than, than what was played yesterday. Um, I, I probably would think it's going to be a small bit more open, but that, that won't be put to bed, Will, I don't think, until they have silverware back down in Tralee or Killarney, been honest with you. Um, and then they could potentially kick on and then they'll be winning the tight games that they've maybe been losing for the last six or seven years. But I, I don't think that can be totally put to bed until they have Sam Maguire back down in Kerry, if I'm being honest. Yeah, Kieran. And from a Dublin perspective, you know, looking ahead to, to 2023, obviously Desi Farrell's three-year term is up. His future is, I suppose, up in the air. He was saying after the game he hadn't made any decisions yet. You know, what direction do you think Dublin should go in? Do you think Desi should be given a new term? Or would you think maybe a new manager, a new voice, a change of direction potentially could be beneficial? Yeah, listen, I think the nature of the performance yesterday, um, you know, certainly indicate that the squad is is, is in a good place, like in terms of their... Uh, the level of performance he's getting out of them, and I would think if Desi wants to continue, it's probably he he, he it's his job to continue with, in my view. Um, but whether he wants to continue is, is is the question mark. He may feel he's done this kind of three years, and he may feel you know time commitments. Who knows? Um, so we we just have to see how that one unfolds. But like, listen from. A Dublin perspective yesterday, like Dublin are probably operating off, you know, obviously without Conor Callan, who was a massive loss. And you're kind of thinking if Conor was there yesterday, could Dublin be in an All-Ireland final? Possibly could be. Um, and 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 there might have been one more sting in this team. Um, I suppose the concern going forward, you know, would probably be, you know, the older players, you know, that have been around the block, the Mick Fitzsimons, who you know, still had a couple of massive tackles in the second half despite having a tough first half. You know, he still showed show great leadership yesterday. Johnny Cooper, 
uh, Dean Rock, you know, these guys are, are, are 30 plus at this stage, you know, so is James McCarthy, but he was immense yesterday. Um, so there's definitely a couple more lads probably coming near the end of that cycle. Um, and, and, you know, I know when people say Desi's introduced a lot of young players, you know, there hasn't been that many really. Uh, he, he trialed a lot of guys during the league and I don't think he found that many particular in the forward line that he seemed to have maybe faith in at this point in time. They could still develop. So uh, I think, Will, it's it, it, it's his job for the time being. I think the nature of the performance was, for me, you know, certainly uh, showed that there still is something within this Dublin team for the time being. But how long that lasts or maybe for the transition down the road, you know. Just on that, Will, if they'd, li- if they'd limped out, you know, and potentially during the black card period, if they'd gone down seven or eight and been beaten, you know, by a couple of scores or whatever, you'd say, oh, maybe there's there's change in the line. But definitely looks like the players are playing for him. They went down fighting yesterday. They left everything they had out there. As Kieran says, probably just squad-wise, just came up a little bit short, the same depth. They didn't have the Michael Dara McCauley's or the Kevin McMenamins to call on maybe to bring them over the line. But um, I think it's 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 Desi's job for a couple of years, to be honest with you, if he wants it. And I think the, the pain of the league this year, um, I think they will bear the fruits of that probably next year and even the year after, potentially, with the likes of Lee Gannon coming in, getting more time. Uh, even Sean Bugler's more, esta- more established now. Uh, and even Larkin O'Dell, who probably had a difficult enough af- afternoon yesterday. Like, like th- those are the days. Yeah. yeah, those are the days you learn some amount. Like, he'd yeah, be I, much a better player next year and the year after for that. Yeah, I think the Peno, like, that, that's a big moment for a young player. You know, it was, you know, he was just, it was soft enough. You know what I mean? In my view, it was a soft penalty. He got the hands in, he got the hands out as quick as possible. He came in, obviously, from behind. But I'd say the impact, the mental impact of that on a young player, you know, in such a big game, his first big game, you know, that 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 would be a tough one to take for him, I would have thought yesterday. Yeah. Like in terms of transition and, and I suppose I, I, I look back on my own way of going out and, 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 and the way we're looking at Monaghan now at the minute as well. For for Dublin and you look at the great managers that have, have longevity, the likes of Cody and how ruthless they are with, with players and they come to a certain stage in their career and say, no, for the betterment of the team, doesn't matter what you have in your in your, in your your locker, we need to freshen things up. So from a Dublin point of view, and if Desi's going to stay on, you know, the likes of Fitzsimons, Cooper, McCarthy, Rock, you know, hard questions will have to be asked there as to what, what part do they play in a team next year? Because... You know, you, you, you can make the argument you stay on too long and you give guys the jersey because of what they've done before. That can cost the, the team longer term because you're not giving guys coming in who ultimately are going to take that jersey time to bet in. And those you can only go on for so long. You can only, like, I was just amazed with James McCarthy yesterday. For a guy, like I watched him in, 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 in Monaghan up here when, when Monaghan beat Clonus and he looked, just looked old. He looked like a guy who's just a year on too long and then to miss so much football this year and to go out on that day yesterday in the heat and, and to put in that performance. It was, it was one of his best performances in, in many ways because it was just incredible to have that energy and to be driving forward. Um, like, so these guys can add stuff next year, but are they starters? You know, when you, when you, when you think that Johnny Cooper um, had to come off, Dean Rock, like... You have to ask questions there, you know. Um, but but for Dublin to be an All Ireland winning team, I think you know they have to get new players up to that level, and they can only get to there by getting game time. 
and that's that's going to be the tough thing for for um, for 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 Desi if these guys because he he'll want them in the dressing room for their experience and leadership. But can he have them on the pitch for eighty minutes and still have Dublin as an All Ireland winning team? That's the difficult thing to balance. The division two might help in that regard, Aye. you know, in in terms of giving lads run out and, and sticking with them consistently. There might be a little bit less focus on it, um, and obviously the the level would be at, a, at maybe a slightly lower level, and it will allow maybe some of the younger players to develop confidence in the jersey. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and that that might be might be a positive going into next year. Even even tell those little white take the spring off, lads, keep fresh, come back hungry for the summertime, and and we'll get something out of you then. Yeah, you're right, Kieran. Michael, there's one thing about Kerry preparing for this All Ireland final. Like Dublin's three championship defeats since their All Ireland win in 2011 have come at the semi final stage, and all three times the semi final winners have lost in the final. So, whether that's just a coincidence or the emotional energy of you know taking down Dublin and the you know the, the euphoria of beating them kind of feeds into your mindset in the final. Is there a danger of that? Do you think that Kerry finally getting that monkey off their back? You know, that there could be, I don't know, an eye taken off the ball or just what they have to go through to win that game might, I don't know, hamper their preparations or their performance levels in the final. No, there's definitely something to that. All right. Uh, the emotion of it all, a lot of those Kerry players won't come right till Wednesday or, Wednesday or Thursday, probably, realistically, physically and mentally. You're talking about potentially two good sessions then before an All-Ireland final. And it's, you know, it's just the, the idea of, you know, been told how great you are for a week and then having to get prepared for another game. And like Galway are no slouches, lads. Like in fairness, they're probably they're learning and evolving the whole time, but they're no slouches. And in Comer, Walsh, Finnerty, uh Matthew Tierney and a few more, they have the players to hurt them potentially up top. And they have potentially in the likes of Liam Silk, Sean Kelly, John Daly, the defenders to deal with a couple of uh, carries big guns up front or at least neutralise them somewhat so any idea of Kerry uh, Kerry's name been on Sam Maguire already is um, definitely uh, a bit premature so they'll have to I'm sure and listen Jack O'Connor has that experience he has that experience of been to the mountain before so I'm sure he'll have if they're not taken down to earth by now they will be fairly soon yeah, Karen, what were your thoughts on Saturday semi-final? You know, very different game to, to what we saw in Crow Park yesterday. Yeah, extremely different game, uh, Will. And, you know, listen, we shouldn't be surprised by it, if I'm being honest. We knew, you kind of knew how that game was going to unfold. You knew exactly what Derry were going to bring to the table. Um, and I think Derry got, they got that good start that they were looking for. And I thought Galway looked nervous. They they looked nearly fearful of the Derry system for 15, 20 minutes. It was kind of as if they didn't really know what, how to handle it. And, I think Derry were looking to get that early goal and it never happened uh, and, and allowed Galway, you know, Comer got them back into the game just before half time, And then we had the, the, the Hawkeye instant and, and, and Shane Walsh and like Galway going in for all was, was, was a big boost for them. And I think they regrouped in the halftime and said, right, lads, you know, stop standing off these guys. Let's have a go at them. Let's test them. Let's go at that defence, ask them questions. And um, Galway were, were, were fantastic in the second half. And it's a strange sort of game because, you know, you look even, if, if like you talk about the Galway forwards and listen, Comer was just 
out of this world in, in terms of his performance. He took the game by the scruff of the neck and he bulldozed uh, his way, you know, to those, the, the first goal particularly was, it was simple ball in, a quick ball in, but he was just immense up front. And if you look back and you kind of say, well, Shane Walsh really wasn't in the game. Tierney wasn't in the game. Finity wasn't in the game. Conroy kind of wasn't in the game. You know, that's the, why it was such a strange game. It was their defense were nearly the, the heroes. I thought the half back line, you know, McHugh, Daly and Malloy, I thought they were absolutely excellent in, in, in slowing down. Like I thought Derry were very ponderous in their build-up and didn't attack with pace, but Galway defensive structure was really, really solid. So it's a kind of, it's a strange one, Will, because I think you nearly have to scrap that game to a certain degree. I don't think you can take much from it because of the way the team set up. Uh, and I think Galway will be able to take more and learn more about Kerry yesterday maybe then then Kerry are going to learn about Galway in a strange sort of way you know what I mean so it's 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 an interesting dynamic going into the final yeah Dick I know you were writing about the, the kind of the game today in the Irish Independent and you know talking a bit about the 2011 semi-final between Dublin and Donegal Rory Gallagher obviously involved on both occasions was it kind of similar to Donegal in 2011 do Derry need to maybe go back and then kind of refine their game a little bit more now so they can if they go behind you know have that attacking thrust to get back into a game yeah like, like I I Derry were always going to max out at some stage. I, I felt that they get over Galway. I, I just felt, and and if they had got a few more scores in that first half time, first half when they were dominant, they probably would have had enough, you know, distance to to try and hold on. But but they didn't. You know, their 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 scores that they had depended on that had got them there that far, they didn't come, and and it just allowed Galway to close them in. And um, you know, it. it you found how limited they were in many ways in terms of their attacking options, and they were just sort of found out a wee bit because that style of play has 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 a, has a, has a lifespan. Like and as well, like Saturday yesterday was warm in Dublin, but there was a bit of a fresher breeze, like stifling heat on Saturday. And to play that game, I was I was just I was just watching like likes of Shane McGuigan, right? Probably one of the best natural forwards. Like what he was been asked to do in that game, like every time Derry lost the ball up front, had to turn around and sprint back into his back. And he actually got a block on, I think it was, was it for Comer in the first half member of the six yard box? He got a, he got a block on for a point. And then you're asking him to be your, your point of attack. That's just not, you can't do that. You, you just can't do that in Croke Park against the best teams on days like that. And so he, he was asking players to do far too much. Even Brenton Rogers, he was in the midfield for throw-ins. He was been asked to, to drive forward, kick points. But the reality is he got absolutely cleaned as a full-back against Comer, which was his primary job. You know, so I, I think Derry's style of play was, was, was found out eventually that, you know, you needed players to play other positions. Defenders defend, attackers attack, like Kerry done yesterday. Like at the end of the day, it was conservative. It was, it was there was a lot of similarities between style of play but at the end of the day, it was it was the carry forwards done the score and the carry defenders done the defending. You know, Gaelic football isn't as complicated a game as maybe Rory Gallagher and Derry tried to make it out. And ultimately it was shown up for that. So they like Donegal had to refresh themselves when their style of play was found out. I think Derry, it'll be a completely different environment for Derry next year. There'll be a target on their back. They won't be going into games as underdogs. They won't have that bouncing energy you get from a new manager and oh this is great we've never been here before um so it's going to be a tough year but listen they won the roster title huge credit to them but i would say don't be coming back next year with that because it's not and you certainly won't get the the benefit of the doubt that you got from everybody this year um because it was poor stuff let's be honest it was very very poor stuff their goalkeeper had more shots on goal in the second half 
than any other forwards. Now, don't tell me that that's Gaelic football. All right. And he got caught out badly in the second half as well. Yeah, exactly. Michael, one thing that is worth mentioning is the Hawkeye incident. Obviously, it was rectified at halftime. So for the purpose of that game, at least, it didn't cause uh, you know major issues. But I was just thinking, with Bubbles O'Dwyer, been watching that game at the weekend and wondering whether his shot in the 2014 hurling final actually ended up going over. Like you, you don't know how long this has been malfunctioning for, how many other shots in key moments potentially actually were between the posts and were ruled out. It's, it's, it's a bit of a headache for the GA, to say the least. Oh, big time, especially with the financial outlay, Will, that they're, that they're putting it into it. Like it's, you're talking seven, seven to eight grand each time it's implemented on, on match day, which is a huge amount of money. And uh, obviously there was the incident in the Leinster Hurling final where they went to Hawkeye and it was no data uh, or data unavailable. Then you had, uh, you had Shane Walsh's one, which was, you know, a, ya- a yard inside the post. In that sort of an instance, surely the umpires have to have to talk to the referee and say, like, they knew, it, they knew it was clearly inside the post. They have to tell him or whatever. At least the right decision was, was reached in that time. But, like, potentially we could have had a controversial decision yesterday with uh, a point in the Kerry-Dublin game that could have been wide, that could have been the difference. Um, I think believe there's going to be some sort of a resolution today about whether it'll be used for the Hurling final or not. Hurling probably needs Hawkeye um, to be working 100% efficiently more than football just because how many scores there are, how high the ball goes, the, the size differential between a football and a slitter. Um, but when, you know, when this mess that happened on Saturday, uh, if, if that arises again. Yeah, and even in the Galway Limerick uh, hurling semi-final, I think a, a score was ruled out or was it added you know, two or three minutes later after the fact yeah. when, when play had gone on. So yeah, these issues definitely need to be rectified. I, I'd, I, I'd say the umpires for Sunday's hurling final are saying their prayers this week that it's going to be back in action because I wouldn't like to be those boys. <laughs> well, they're all getting eye tests, whatever, but anything else. There's nobody going yeah. out there <laughs> the, the only thing is, like, we, we can't have it both ways, right? Like, the, the technology, look, at we all have our phones. We all have times our phones give up or our apps don't work. Technology is not 100%, and it never will be. So, like, it's better than what was there, right? Uh, you know, so we can't have a dog, hockey, this, hockey, that. And then, you just, well, what do you, do you want to go to the, the hurling and the football finals without it? And then what's likely to happen? There's going to be a debatable score, no hockey, and then it's all given about why do we have So, I think what... Whoever's involved there needs to go. What was the root cause? What happened there? Was it a miss? I think there was an issue. Was it a couple of years ago? Correct me if I'm wrong here. That it wasn't calibrated right for either football and hurling. You know, there is there is yeah. stuff that needs to be calibrated for the certain game. So so maybe somebody didn't do their job. They missed a missed a tick box in the check sheet before the game. So hope, hopefully it's something like that. There was an error that should have been spotted as opposed to a bit of a black box thing that will leave a question mark as to, as to the integrity of the system itself. But listen, I think, I think by and large, we benefited far more from it than, than, than without it. So hopefully it can be resolved and it's not going to be a, a, a needless talk. Because it's a pity, like for the weekend of football that you had, considering what went the weekend before or two weeks before the controversy, it's a pity to have this other thing popping its head up to, to distract from all the positivity across all the games, be it Talchon Cup, the semi-finals, and then not, not to not forget Kilkenny winning the football tr- uh, trophy yesterday as well. It was such a good weekend. So it is a pity, but listen, hopefully it's not, not going to be a long-term thing, you know? Just on that, Dick, I'd be the same as you, as long as the right resolution is coming. I, even if you'd it's like to know, wouldn't you? Yeah. You'd, like to, yeah. you'd like somebody to come out and say, listen, this is what happened. Mistake was made. With full confidence, what we made the next time. And then it'll stop us talking about it. It'll stop 
a vacuum been filled by people who are bloody tech experts all of a sudden mm. coming up with their own conspiracy theories. So put it to bed as quickly as possible, hopefully. I like John Potter Joyce said maybe it shows the technology is human after all. And the <laughs> yeah, making mistakes, mistakes uh, <laughs> just as the rest of us. Yeah, Michael, just on the Talchon Cup as well. Like you, I know you were on Talchon Cup duty on Saturday. The culmination of what I think most people agree was it was a was a positive uh, you know tournament in the end. There was obviously question marks going into it. Now that we've gotten to its conclusion, did you think it served its purpose? Do you think it gave kind of you know counties who couldn't get into the San Maguire, you know, qualifiers? Was it a good competition for them, do you think? Unanimous success, I'd have to say, Will, been honest with you. Um, like, I, I saw somebody tweeting um, that Westmead were celebrating like they'd won an All-Ireland title. They had won an All-Ireland title. They'd won an All-Ireland B or an All-Ireland Intermediate, and it was celebrated uh, like it was an All-Ireland title, like it should be. And, like, I was going into the grounds about half an hour beforehand and cabin people everywhere, blue jerseys everywhere, maroon jerseys everywhere for Westmead. Massive support. Just even seeing Westmead doing the lap of honour after the afterwards, and how people were just lapping it up, they were absolutely loving it. Um, and like the questions beforehand about the Talchon Cup, and like I kind of feel like there's an onus on journalists and even former players to put pressure on the GA to make sure that it is marketed correctly, because the last thing you want is for them to sleepwalk into it. So that there was kind, they were question marks uh, about it, but crucially, players and management. Um, gave it the respect that it deserved. I like you could count on one hand the amount of players that opted out from the 16 teams that were involved. Managers and players took it really, really seriously. And like Saturday's game, like that was by far the better of the two games on Saturday. Like by far a real, a, a pretty kind of open game. Um, that went from like Westmead were two up at half time, Cavan went three up. Then Thomas Gallagher got sent off. They didn't score thereafter. And just a word on on Kieran Martin, who came on just after the hour mark. He ruptured his Achilles this time last year, and it was big doubts about whether he'd play again. And he lost a, a good buddy of his and a clubmate of his in Maryland in Westmead, Owen Farrell, last week. And to see him come on, he, he was like he was unstoppable. He was literally was not going to be stopped when he went through with that ball and a beautiful finish up into the top left hand corner. And it was a lovely picture after one of the photographers got it of him with, with Tom Farrell, who'd be a well-known uh, Leinster Council delegate in Westmead, who would have been Owen Farrell's father, who he would have been very friendly with. Just a real emotional embrace after the game. And obviously, uh, Enda Mulvihill passed away in recent weeks in Westmead. They've had a really, really hard time, I believe. Desi Dolan was very good, good, very good buddies with him. He was a selector with Westmead and just an awful lot of emotion around it all. And to me, the, the Talton Cup was a brilliant occasion the other day. And the final was a fitting finale to, to me, what's been an absolute roaring success in its inaugural year. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think the key thing, I think you talk about journalists and people like ourselves, it needs to not be talked about as, as a B tournament or not the Sam Maguire. It just needs to stand on, like, like, tournaments in all codes and competitions around the world do like the Europa League in soccer like when a Man United or an Arsenal or a Celtic or a Rangers or whoever gets those finals nobody's downplaying and saying oh it's not the Champions League it's a tournament there's own merits the players support it the teams and that's what the Talchon Cup will will now become because of a part of it now it didn't start off as well as it finished. Let's be honest as well. Like there was very, very small crowds in some of those early games, which you could always, you know, envisage. 
next year they, those early crowds will be bigger because the players and supporters will recognise how it's finished. Right, well, this is something that we, we want to be part of. And there's no shame in it. And, you know, and you'll always get that with something that's new. That's, oh, what, what is this about? Is it another Tommy Murphy Mark II? So, you know, it couldn't have been better. It will, it will continue to grow, is how I see it. And, and irrespective of what teams, you know, blue-blooded teams, there could be Corks, it could be Meads, it could be Monaghan in a couple of years' times might drop into it. It'll stand on its own that it'll not be something that teams will turn their nose up at. Because, you know, playing... Crow Park in front of big crowds in the middle of July, that's something that all players should be given the opportunity to do. And 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 the Calvin and the Westmeads got it got it last uh, this weekend. It'll hopefully be so, so, similar counties next year, and that's only a good thing. And I think, yeah, listen, it's it's a non-argument now at this stage. And and listen, huge credit has to be given, and and people, I have no involvement in it, no talking to anybody that was involved in Crow Park at the, at the time. But the guys there get a huge knocking on everything. And and even when the Talisman Cup and the and the new uh, structures were revised, there was a lots of people. And if you went back over paper clippings, there's a lot of people queuing up. It was the populist thing to be anti-Talisman Cup. You know, the people who 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 believed in this have to be given credit because it did take take a bit of vision, take a bit of belief to drive it through. And you know, we we were thankfully all seeing the rewards of it now. Just a word on Mickey Graham, uh, Will. Just before we we finish up. Uh, I had exclusive access to him after because there was no other, there was no other journalist there. Uh, all it was all the Westmead locals that were that went over to the the far side to the Hogan stand to the J Museum for the interviews and just the the vibe I got and the the quotes I got from him about how much of a privilege it it was to have done his four years with Cavan. He didn't say he was gone, but it was definitely that vibe and obviously between the the miracle of Molyneapta and, and that miracle of the Ulster success in 2020 if he does go uh, I know they slipped down the divisions in the league they're back up to division three for next year but um, like he, he will forever be attached to one of the greatest days probably in the history of the GA if, if he does go and that was definitely the the mood or uh, impression that I got anyway and it was just probably the game was in their hands probably to win and you know they didn't score for the last what 15 or 16 minutes once Thomas Gallagher went off and that was kind of a game changer but that potentially could be could be Mickey Graham's last game yeah, as uh, cabin manager as well. another angle to that uh Michael uh, Marty Corey who's his number two and and many people reckon that you know a key man in that at setup team he's he's been he's he's a modern man he's I've always had issues with good Monaghan man across the road in Cavan winning the Ulster titles. Well, there's a gap now in Monaghan, and if if there's not moves to be made to bring to bring um, to bring Marty back in some capacity, and 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 you'd imagine that you know so you could imagine those sort of machinations are going on that that that, that Marty might be thinking right. There's an opportunity now in Monaghan that they hadn't been there for ten years. Um, he's probably run his course there as well. So you could see you could you could just watch that space as well. While we have you, Dick, any early talk on who the successor to Banty may be? There's not. I, I was sort of on holidays there for two weeks and I purposely didn't pick up the phone or inquire. There's, there's no obvious internal candidates, a few names, but to be sort of asterisks on, on them all in terms of experience and, and intercounty experience. So, so, so no, there's no obvious uh, heads been put up. Ideally, I'd like somebody internal. I'd, I'd, I'd be very disappointed now, you know, a big name coming in, trying to squeeze out a year of these guys. I think there is an element now after the 
sort of 15 pushing on 20 years we've had here of, 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 of success in, in many ways that there is there has to be an acceptance that right we need two or three years to try and build and, and, and bring these young lads through um, and I think the best way is to have something internal a bit of continuity there um, so that's why the likes of Marty's name would would jump out whether he's managerial is, is that where he wants to place himself or he likes to be more in the coaching part I don't know but I'd, I'd like to see the likes of him involved in some capacity and that's that's the only name that i'd sort of be putting into the hat to say that i'd like to see him on on a ticket of some sorts um as for myself maybe in three or four years time maybe the next time i'll have a look at it i'll not lie to you i'm, I'm enjoying the under 15s development squad at the minute and maybe hopefully take them through to minors but you know i have no interest in jumping into something like that too soon so and there's probably a few players of my vintage in the same boat might might look at it the next time around but uh Maybe somebody with a bit more experience and, and time, family time, not that three bad kids running around you to do it, you know. Great stuff, Dick. Thanks so much for joining us. Good stuff, Well, All right, boys. Talk to you. Well, I'd like to thank Dick, Kieran, and Michael for joining me this week on the Throwdown Podcast. We'll be back later in the week with another show with Billy McMahon as he discusses all the latest football talking points. But in the meantime, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or listen on independent.ie. So until next time, thanks for listening and goodbye. This is an Irish independent podcast.